this afternoon we're reading from 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 12 to 19. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who did not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Um, I'm Evan. I'm on the pastoral team here. It's great to be here this evening. Um, yeah, we're continuing our series in 1 Peter, thinking of standing firm and what that means for us in our faith. Um, have your Bibles open because we're going to keep referring to uh, 1 Peter along the way. Uh, and there's an outline in your new sheets as well. So, um, yeah, if you'd like to keep uh, along with us in that, that'd be great. Um, yeah, we're going to be thinking about um, suffering is coming, so be unashamedly Christian. But before we do that, how about we pray? Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you reveal yourself to us through it, and now we pray that you would give us uh, eyes to see and ears to hear from you. Lord, may we humbly approach your word uh, like Mary at the foot of Christ, uh, Lord, please be teaching us about him through it. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, when we come to church on a Sunday, we come along together as a big group, together, most of us with the same intention. We're all here for the, the, um, the, the idea of gathering together as God's people. And sometimes it can look uh, like this. Not really like this. It doesn't, church doesn't actually look like this. But um, we're all singing the same songs. We're part of a, a big group that all works together. Uh, we're pulling t- along towards the same common goal uh, to see Jesus glorified. And it's great. And I really hope that your experience of church is like that. At least that's what we're, we're hoping to be like. We're hoping to be like that as a group of people, all uh, inclusive and, and moving towards a same goal. Uh, and sometimes you might not be in the main active supporters, you know, like the, the ones uh, whipping around, flags in the air and things like that. Maybe you're in the bleachers, um, just sort of sitting back, but still there, still with a group of people all together. But then when we leave church and we go out into the world, suddenly life can start to feel a little like this. We go out into the world and it's lonely. It's a lonely Christian life to keep holding on to what you believe in. Being a Christian can feel like you're on your own, surrounded by people who don't believe in the same thing. You feel like you stick out like a sore thumb. Or maybe even in your life, unlike this guy, instead of holding your Christian banner out for all to see, 
uh, you might find it easier to put your hands down, put a jacket on, and just fade into the crowd. What 1 Peter 4 uh, shows us, and what I think this picture sort of uh, puts out towards us, is that suffering is coming, so be unashamedly Christian. So let's pick it up uh, in 1 Peter 4, verse 12, and we're going to be looking at our first point, suffering and glory. Uh, Pick it up in verse 12. Peter starts with, dear friends. Dear friends, he says, kind of like saying, uh, beloved. He reiterates to these people again how much these fellow Christians mean to him as a brother in Christ. They are beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, and they are beloved children of God. And so he says, dear friends, dear friends, there is a fiery ordeal, a fiery trial that is going to happen. And it means that Christians are going to suffer. So be ready is what he's saying. Be ready for suffering that's coming. Uh, This is just before uh, Emperor Nero of Rome would go on to persecute thousands of Christians. He'd kill thousands of Christians uh, because he didn't like them. Uh, If the Christian knows that they're suffering on its way, then obviously they're going to be ready for it. They're going to know what to expect and and prepare themselves. And it's written for those uh, at that time in 1 Peter, but also for the future years that are coming for Christians. Be ready, suffering is coming. And then in verse 13, uh, Peter says to rejoice. He says, rejoice. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. The kind of suffering that Peter is talking about uh, in these verses is particularly for Christians. Uh, It's those people who, like that guy in the picture, are holding their banner high, saying, I'm a follower of Jesus in their day-to-day lives. Uh, And suffering can happen in a wide range of ways. different ways, can't it? Uh, Suffering can be like physical ailments, uh, spiritual battles, persecution. And I think it's all of those things in in this passage, but maybe geared a little bit more towards uh, those who are coming under persecution because of their faith. And I think we get that from this passage, but also the context of what Sam spoke about last week. Uh, Sam spoke about how it's a life being lived for God, and it's noticeable to those around. Uh, and it can lead to being heckled and being alienated for your faith. Uh, and it, like it says in, in the verse that we looked at today, it means being insulted because of who you identify with, and that's Jesus Christ. Uh, this type of sufferings that they need to be ready for comes out in, in uh, chapter 4, verse 1. So I've got it up on the screen. Hopefully you've got it in your Bibles as well. Um, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. Arm yourselves with the same attitude as Jesus Christ, who suffered in the body, in this flesh, in this lifetime, but all the while knowing that there is an eternity waiting for us. We're done with sin and have a place ready for us where there is no suffering, where there is no pain, uh, nothing that can hurt us. And so the response to suffering, Peter says, is to rejoice. 
He says, you're about to go through great trials, but rejoice because you share in the sufferings of Christ. He suffered in his body. He suffered in the flesh. Your Savior has gone through it, and you will participate in all kinds of sufferings just like him. Be ready to rejoice. And Peter says there's uh, these types of sufferings in three different ways. He says there's a fiery trial coming, there's uh, sharing in Christ's sufferings as well, and then he also says that um, you'll be insulted uh, because you've been named as a Christian, right? And so 2,000 years ago, those people who are identifying themselves as Christians, as followers of Jesus, they're being insulted and ridiculed, and they're probably being insulted and ridiculed because they believe in a God who died on the cross, uh, what sort of God goes to the cross and dies? That doesn't make any sense. It sounds silly, but that's what Christians believe in. Uh, it's how we believe that we've been made children of God. It's through Jesus' death and uh, on the cross and his resurrection uh, three days later. Uh, but back then, much like today, that those people were targeted and ridiculed for what they believed in. Um, the, the suffering that we're meant to go through is just like Jesus himself who was insulted, who was ridiculed, who suffered to the point where he was crucified and died. And we are united to him because of his death, because it saves us from our sins. Uh, it's suffering for following Jesus. That's the sort of suffering that these people would go through. Those who carry their banner saying that they follow Jesus um, and therefore... They share in the suffering of persecution against him. Uh, and as we suffer in this body, in this flesh, we share in those sufferings of Jesus too. Uh, it might be, mean that you're insulted and ridiculed because of your faith, because of who you believe in. Uh, I spoke to someone recently who said uh, at their workplace, they uh, have a team of people and, and their team know that they're a Christian and there was a Bible in one of the cupboards in, the, in their break room and for some reason their boss just took out the Bible and took a big old chunk out of it with their teeth, just took a bite out of the Bible. Why? Who knows? Who knows why? For some of you, it might be worse in, in your workplace, but it was just to get a rise out of the Christian. It was to, to try and insult him, to ridicule him, to say, this is silly what you believe in. Uh, if people know that you're a Christian, then those who think it's stupid for you to believe in it um, might do things to get under your skin, to make you bite, make you retaliate. And, and that's just what the world that we live in and the world that these people lived in 2,000 years ago too. But what awaits is something far greater than suffering because we also share in the glory of Jesus Christ too. When a Christian suffers in this faith, as you see in those verses, they are blessed. In, these, in the passage that we've read, attached to each of the phrases about suffering is glory. Being blessed because we have the Spirit of God with us. He is with us. God himself is with us when we are insulted because of the name of Christ. And in, as a first century Christian, knowing that as you're walking around would have been so encouraging there, because there would have been people insulting them all the time, way worse than we have it. Uh, but there would be nothing to worry about because God is with them. God is blessing them in that time. 
And, and he's with us today as well by the Holy Spirit. What a great blessing that is. What a great encouragement that would have been for those people 2,000 years ago. And, and a great encouragement for us today. But then also, uh, you see that their joy will be turned to overjoyed when Jesus' glory is revealed, leading into an eternity with Christ. We find joy because we are blessed to have God with us today, and we will be overjoyed and, um, when we come into God's kingdom. We're blessed to have God, to have his spirit comforting us in our sufferings, in hard times, carrying us forward towards God's kingdom. So we're united to Christ in all things, in his glory and in his sufferings. Our identity is so caught up in Jesus Christ, whether we're going through bad times or good. There's a word that I learned during uni, which I think is, is quite helpful in, in thinking about this, the idea of being united to Christ in, in, in sufferings and in glory. Um, it's called to berg. Have any, have any of you heard it before? Or berging, I think, is, is also the verb. Uh, Berg, basking in reflected glory. Uh, Has anyone heard the phrase before? Oh, excellent. Be ready. Um, You see this often with sports teams, right? I think about our our fans at the beginning, uh, to bask in reflected glory. These uh, people support Brazil. When Brazil goes poorly and you've identified yourself as a Brazil fan, you're going to cop it. You're going to cop flack from anyone who doesn't like Brazil. Um, But when Brazil wins, they get to bask in that glory. The trophy is lifted, and every fan believes that they have glory as well. They've been in that victory. They've participated in that victory. Uh, We see that a lot with the Newcastle Knights as well. Uh, When the Knights go poorly, boy, it's hard to be a Knights fan. Uh, You would get insulted because of the the choice uh, you have made in following that team. Uh, For some of you, I am sorry for insulting you as well because you've gone for the Knights. Um, Or think about when the Newcastle Knights were were winning last year. When they were winning, 80% of Newcastle were riding that wave of glory as they won week in and week out. We share in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. We suffer in this body because we bear his name as his followers. And when Jesus is glorified, we bask in that glory. We get the splashback because we're united to him. Uh, And we will be in that glory for an eternity uh, as we are with him. As he was victorious over sin and death on the cross, we celebrate that victory and we bask in his glory. And when we suffer in this life, we fall back on the cross, relying on him, which is also bringing Jesus glory as we await eternal glory to come. Uh, We get to bask in Jesus' glory, even in times of great suffering. And we get more comfort out of this as we see in the following verses as well. Uh, Because judgment is coming. There is a great comfort for those who are in Christ at the uh, time of judgment. Um, Pick it up with me in verse 17. Verse 17 in in front of you. Um, This is what it says. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Judgment for our sins is something that we should not take lightly. 
Uh, There will be a time when all people will be judged and there will be those who have obeyed God and and trusted in Jesus Christ and those who have not. Uh, There is this big global time when everyone will be judged and it starts with the people of God taken into glory and there will be those who don't trust God and are taken into the uh, thrown into the fire, as it says throughout the Bible. Um, Peter writes this, hoping to jog the memory of, of the readers to Ezekiel 9, a prophecy where God instructs a man to go around Jerusalem and, and, and mark people uh, between those who have trusted God and those who have not. Uh, those who have not are completely slaughtered. And uh, it starts within the sanctuary. It starts within God's temple and then works its way out. So that's the um, a stark reality that we all need to be aware of, isn't it? That there is a judgment coming, and we need to be ready for that. Uh, we need to make sure that we are continuing to obey God. Uh, but there is a God who has done the hard thing to save the righteous by giving His Son, His one and only Son, up on the cross. So there will be this global judgment Uh, That happens. But then there's also a time coming uh, of suffering uh, and judgment where God is judging his people, helping them to live righteous lives for him. And the judgment begins within the people of God. You see, our suffering may come at the hands uh, of others through through insults, through ridicule. um, And then there's other times that it comes by our own doing, things that we've done in our life. But either way, going through suffering, going through judgment is hard. Uh, There are times when God prunes the believer, cuts things out of our lives as we go through suffering. Uh, When persecution comes along, it helps us understand what truly matters. There might be things that we can do without in our lives to rely on God more. But as God does that, He's preparing us to bear fruit for Him down the line. Say we're suffering because of our greed, for example, Uh, God might take that out of our lives, uh, which is hard to deal with, but it might lead to having a more generous spirit and greater generosity in our lives down the line. God will take things that mean the most to us, bring us back to nothing for us to fall back on Him and bring Him glory in our suffering. Because when we suffer and fall back onto the faithfulness of God, that brings Him glory. And our suffering will pale in comparison to what will happen to those who don't have the righteousness of Christ, who don't trust in Him. What will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Those who do not obey and trust the gospel of God. Jesus tells us in in John 15, I've got it up on the screen for you, Uh, John 15, 5, we're chasing each other, James. There we go. <laughs> um, John fifteen five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Jesus is saying, remain in me. Uh, Even in hard times, remain attached to Christ. If you don't, then there will be judgment and fire. Remain in God in times of suffering, because at all times, if you remain 
attached to Jesus Christ, the vine, you will bear fruit. You will grow. You can't do anything without him. And for the first century Christian hearing that, um, that would make it easier to go through that time of suffering, through that time of pruning, as you rely on God, as they would be relying on God as they suffered. If there are things in our lives that are unhelpful and aren't bearing fruit, there may be times of pruning, uh, taking those things off for the sake of growth. But we also need to remember that uh, it's Jesus Christ who has taken the judgment for our sins so that we may be righteous. God has made us righteous in Jesus, declared us innocent by the shedding of his blood. He paid the punishment for us. Uh, And we are righteous if we are attached to him. So remain in him in all things at all times, even in the greatest of suffering, Um, even at times of pruning. Uh, I've got a vine at home, uh, and I don't have a green thumb, but miraculously, this thing has been growing. Uh, And it was looking really good, but then part of the vine kept growing, uh, but it wasn't sprouting any leaves off of it. And then out of the pot, another smaller vine was trying to grow at the same time. Uh, But it was struggling. Uh, By the advice of my brother-in-law, he said, you've got to take a little bit off the part that's not growing leaves to allow this other part to grow. Uh, And so I did, and now they're both doing really well. Uh, And that's how suffering and judgment works in our lives sometimes. God, through his spirit, trims off pieces of our lives that cause us to not trust and obey him but it allows us to grow in other areas. Uh, We've had some people in our church that are suffering recently. Uh, They've had their health taken from them. They've got sick loved ones. But in hearing their stories, they've spoken about how it's helped them to rely on God during the hard time. How it's helped them to rely on God in times of suffering. It might be that you're going through some stuff right now. But what God wants is for you to remain attached to Jesus and there will be growth in your life through it. And remember that God has done the hard thing for you to be saved by sending Jesus to take your punishment and just keep trusting in Him. So in times of suffering, we are to just look to the cross and know uh, that He has suffered for us. If you've gone through a time of pruning uh, and you have grown in God, the last verse lands exactly where we all want to be in our lives in verse 19, to entrust yourself to God. Uh, Verse 19 says, So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful Creator and continue to do good. It's a Christian who is putting their faith out there for all to see who have entrusted themselves to God. It's the Christian who is going through great times of suffering and having things taken out of their lives and they're relying on God. They are entrusting themselves to God. It's the Christian who is deliberately making changes in their life um, to be a better witness to their, their workplace and their family. That is the person who is entrusting themselves to God. It is the person who is going through immense suffering and clinging on to God by their fingernails. They have entrusted themselves to God. So there's no denying that going through suffering is hard. And there will be times when it feels like God is distant from you, where he's far away on your hardest of days. But our God, the creator of the universe, is faithful. 
So the encouragement for the Christian in the first century was to keep entrusting your life to him. And that's done by striving to live for him in all things, because that's how he wants you to live. It means continuing to do good. Living life according to God's will, uh, it can look differently from person to person, and the same with doing good, uh, but it's being that, that uh, standout kind of person, the one who looks differently from the crowd. Uh, I can think of one friend uh, who wanted to live life according to God's will in particular. Uh, he, a Christian mate, went away with a group of lads to a Bucks weekend, and the rest of the lads wanted to go to a strip club. Uh, he knew that that wasn't what God wanted, Uh, He knew that it would cause his heart to stumble, cause him into sin, eyes to wander. It doesn't honor women in any way. And so he didn't go in. The rest of the guys went into the strip club and he stayed outside, went to a restaurant and just ate. And his witness actually caused one of the other guys to not go in as well because he wanted to stand out and someone else noticed that. Now, he came under ridicule from the rest of the group for not going in. But he knew that his identity was in Christ and he wanted to do God's will. And that's really what this picture looks like. It looks like making choices for God on the daily that people see and they notice. And it might mean insults come your way. It might make you a little bit uncomfortable. But that's what it means to be unashamedly Christian, even in times of suffering. We can live a life that might cause us to suffer uh, and we have to live that unashamed life. And it doesn't mean, you know, holding your banner out there and kind of ramming it down people's throat that you're a Christian and that you, you need them to, to know him too. Um, it's the righteous life that is just going about life and making sure that they're, they're honouring God. Uh, it's the righteous life that checks in on a co-worker when they've called in sick for work. They don't grumble because they've got to do more because someone else isn't there. It's the righteous worker that's known by the fact that they don't clock in early or clock out late to try and earn a little bit extra cash. Or at uni, the righteous life and looking differently is not ripping into your least favourite lecturer because everyone else is doing the same sort of thing. Doing good means not getting in on the gossip of the neighbours because one of them has seen or heard something. Oh, it's so easy to be a part of gossip. It's so easy. But maybe the suffering is not knowing what Glenda has been up to this week. When it comes to suffering, many of you are probably going through a lot at the moment. Finances are tight, family breakdowns, health issues... Uh, there is no denying that life can be hard as a Christian. Uh, Please, we would love it for you to come and speak to someone in the pastoral team so we can pray for you, so we can pray with you. Uh, Come and uh, pray with someone else from your service who you know and love and they would uh, love to pray with you too. We don't want to take away from your experience, uh, but we can find great comfort in knowing that we are blessed by the Creator who is a faithful God and He loves His people. Friends, the the name we bear is not Brazil or the Knights, but Jesus Christ. And the banner we hold up is our lives and we raise it high for all to see each and every day. 
We share and participate in the sufferings of our Saviour. And all the while, we're entrusting our lives to God because He is faithful and will bring us into eternal glory. How good is that? Would you pray with me? Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your Son and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he suffered the punishment for our sin and death so that we could be righteous, innocent in your eyes. Lord, we pray that you would help us to suffer well. Lord, help us to stand out because we have a faith in a Saviour and in your Son. Lord, we pray that we would go into our lives being ready to be unashamedly Christian. And Lord, we pray that each one of us would entrust ourselves to you and to do your will and to do good until eternal glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.